This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. We have finished the first day. Actually, it was a half day, but it counts as a full day. So this is day two of our convention officially. And I say our convention. I'm speaking in the royal we, I guess, <laughs> because, of course, it's Josh and Andy, but more importantly, Magic Inc. And here today, the first thing this morning, as <clears throat> my eyes are opening with this cup of coffee, uh, which, by the way, this is a good cup of hot coffee. And if you guys are listening, you should go around the corner and have breakfast at, what was the name of that place where we ate? Because uh, they want us to come shop. back as right a bagel shop. Yeah, I'm it's good. The name right now. That's some good black hot coffee. <laughs> and good morning. So the second morning, and I'm here with Jeff Kowak. Sorry, yes, just like it sounds. Kowak, just like it sounds. And he is the CFO actually of Vanishing, and the new CFO. You've been here. Well, first of all, good morning. Good to see you, Jeff. Hey, good morning. <laughs> How is everyone? <laughs> We're fine. So <laughs> you have uh, been the uh, CFO for less than six months, or yeah, what? Yeah, it's only been about four months since the beginning of October mm-hmm. uh, when I came on board with the team. Yeah. And you're out in California, or you're, no, you're near actually, North Carolina. No, I'm here in Ohio. I used okay. to be down in South Carolina, and now I'm uh, up in Sandusky, so about two hours from here. Is there an office or of other vanishing no. or just you? Yeah, it's just, so that's the interesting thing. We don't have a headquarters or an office. You know, everybody works more or less remotely, so we, we have a team around the world. And now we have one more location in Ohio, you know, my house. Speaking of which, I was just talking with Jim Cringe yesterday, and I was curious, how many employees does Vanishing Inc. have worldwide? Worldwide, yeah, approximately about uh, 36 or so. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. A little bit larger than I thought. Yeah. And uh, of that, where overseas, outside the U.S., do you have offices? So we have people in, I'm going to say London, but we have, it's really a D.C. outside of London, and some people over there uh, up in the north of the U.K. as well. We have... Um, people we have somebody over in thailand we have uh, people in the philippines so this really is a worldwide operation of course here in the united states we have our main warehouse out in sacramento and uh, uh, people all over we got some customer service in atlanta and new jersey so we're across all time zones to help our customers no matter what time of day it is there you go and as far as the international uh, areas are uh, involved are they more of a warehouse or are they looking for new and creative ideas or what are they no it's just employees that uh, we've have from around the world who different who do different things for us okay and uh, it you know I've worked in international organizations before it's really handy when you do have your primary business is an online website it's on 24 7 and people from around the world are shopping and they have different time frames that they need answers so we have people to help we really do have people to help service that uh, customer service, and we have video, our video editors in, in the Philippines, very gifted guy who does a lot of the video assets that you see on our website that just yeah. really great stuff. You watch the trick and you think that's amazing, and they do the work. Do you have an online chat? I know some companies have like a 24, so you do have that? We do. We have, a, we have an online chat. Um, we, you know, like times like right now, it might be a little slower. We might yeah. turn it off because we can't, we can't handle it. But uh, normally, yeah, 24, 24 uh, hour chat. And I don't know that someone's always there, but that's yeah. the goal. Now, as far as this convention goes, how many times have you been coming? What number yeah. do you know? Yeah, I do. Actually, I looked it up. This is my ninth uh, Magi Fest. This is my first convention ever. In fact, uh, I went back and looked. I booked it about two weeks before the uh, convention, my very first time coming, and drove up from South Carolina eight hours, and I loved it so much that I've been coming for nine years straight now. 
Yeah. And finally, finally joined the team, and I'm kind of seeing from the other side, the back side. Were you involved with the Slight Club out in South Carolina with uh, Scott Robinson? No, I, I've, I went to Tricks and I know of the Slight Club. I was not involved with that, okay. but they got a great organization yeah. for, for that. Yeah. Well, back to this convention, I, my main curiosity is about registration. I know over the last couple of years they've uh, kept it because of COVID down to 500, and this year they've opened it up. Yeah. Uh, what are they approximately at a registration? Yeah, we're very pleased with the registration this year. It is approximately about 1,000. I can't believe that you know, wow. it's just a fantastic convention to yeah. get 1,000 magicians who care passionately about magic in one place. It was amazing last night when Peter Turner had his lecture and performance, which was awesome, by the way, uh, and highly recommend. And he was looking out in the audience, and he said on numerous occasions about how thankful he was for everybody to have come out. He said, I'm looking at a 1,000 people here. He said, I only brought 30 sets of lecture notes. I really didn't know this many people were going to be here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we and we have a huge, not only you know 1,000 people here, but a lot of them are youth scholars. I don't know if you heard us talk about that. I did. Explain this youth scholarship program. Yeah, so the youth scholarship is something that... I think uh, Josh and Andy are very passionate about it. In fact, it's very interesting at this particular convention because Lance Burton's a guest of honor. And that's how Josh and Andy got to know each other was as youth magicians appearing on uh, his show and and going to that that camp that he was putting on. And that's how Josh and Andy met. And so anyway, they've been very passionate about the, the next generation of magicians, and I really think we all have to be passionate about that. Yeah. But anyway, they've put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. And the youth program here is if you're under 18 and you put in an application, tell us you're a magician, and you're willing to donate a free show to somewhere in your community, you just have to document that you did that, then we will pay for you uh, through, through our um, uh, charity that we have to come to Magi Fest and learn from all these great magicians. We have very specific programming. Of course, they're in a lot of the other main sessions, but we have very specific programming for the youth. Carissa Hendricks is helping us run it this year. So it's just a fantastic opportunity for them to network with some great magicians, learn some great magic, and meet each other, too, because, you know, how many of these people will be the next Josh and Andy where you you form a partnership here that lasts for a very long time? Right, right. So it's a cool opportunity. We have about 60 students this year in that program, which is, I think, a great number to build some camaraderie and, and I know that when we register there is a place there online that you can say if you want to donate X dollars or something to the scholarship fund this is where it's designated that's exactly right and it goes to help these uh, students get here usually they have a guardian with them you know the hotel costs and the convention and all that so it's a great way to help ensure that magic will continue with right. magicians who are young and talented and energetic and bringing all these new ideas and, and energy to the table yeah, well, I am excited about this convention, always have been, because, first of all, this is the first one out of the shoot for the new year, because yeah. people usually, let's say pre-COVID, and even now we're post-COVID, I would say, uh, where people have been cooped up for the winter. It's like, we got to go someplace, and so they're anxious to go, and regardless of snow or ice, we're getting together, and there are always some international talent and people that they bring over, like, for example, Peter Turner saying the first time uh, he has uh, come over here and lectured. Last night, Mark James just knocked it out of the park. He's going to be lecturing Saturday morning, and he said, this is not only my first first time over here in America doing this, but it's my first magic convention ever in the U.S., you know. Right. So. Not only that, but we have Shudogawa, the FISM winner, about two-time FISM winner, right? Yeah. He's going to be here. He's got a booth. In fact, we're, we're sitting here close we're to sitting, his booth. Yeah. We're sitting at, don't tell him. Yeah, yeah, don't tell him. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're really excited because he's going to be giving a lecture and, of course, performing in the gala. His lecture, he's going to lecture on his FISM show. Uh-huh. He's going to talk about that. And then there's a workshop with him on Sunday as well with open spots still. So hopefully, if anybody's listening to this and, and wants to 
learn from possibly the greatest uh, performing right now, then this this it's is limited to 100 people, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know what the limit is, but we we still have open spots, okay. and um, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to to get in there and hear from him. Yeah, that's that's very true. It's it's a great convention. It's a lot of fun over the years. And one of the things I was going to point out then, too, we're talking about the youth, is how when I look around, it seems like the median age must be about 39. You know, so many young people. I mean, there's a lot of gray hairs like me, uh, or no hairs like you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but there are a lot, of, a lot of young people here. No, and I love that about this convention. It's such a great mix of all different types of magic. And that's what I love about magic, is that you're bringing together a community, and we all have something in common. We love magic. You know, I want to go back for a second and talk about the timing of this convention because you remember when we had to delay it for uh, the pandemic, at one point we had it in September, which September in Columbus is a much better time than January. I mean, September in Columbus is gorgeous. Anyway, this this group, we, we put it to a vote. We let people say, well, what do you think about moving it? You know, you're right. People love the January thing. And in spite of you'd think Columbus in January, not that great. That's true. But you're here in the hotel. It's a great environment. You know, there's... Magic on air I'm wearing a T-shirt. Today. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's and it, and it's uh, there's magic everywhere. We got people that like to sit out here in session, and then we've got great lectures and shows in the dealer room here. We've had a great turnout here, and I know a lot of stuff's been sold. So, how know. many dealers are there here? That's a good question. I should know that number, and I don't. But it's a there are three aisles, and it looks like there are probably about what. Uh, 10 on each house, so yeah. probably 30, and then the in-cast, so let's say about 40. Yeah, you know, and, and, and a great mix of stuff. You've got books and oh tricks gosh. and electronics, yeah. and it's all kinds of great stuff. We're very pleased with our dealers' turnout this year. Yeah, now you have some of the same dealers year after year. I know some conventions try to mix it up. I was just talking with Tom Vorjahan with the Winter Carnival, and he said we try to have different dealers each year because people want to come back and see what's new. But there are some that might have one or two that's uh, the same, but for the most part they're all different. Here it seems like they're, well, obviously vanishing sponsors. they got, like, the best corner booth over here. But others that you're always having, you know, HR Magic Books and Andy Greggett and, and uh, you know, a lot of others, you know, yeah. who are here regularly. And I think that, uh, you know, it speaks well to how the dealers are doing because if they're doing well they're coming back they want to come back yeah absolutely and it's like magic we all want to work in new tricks and stuff but when you go back to your clients what do they say they say well hey what about that thing I really loved last year (laughs) and so I feel like the customers and the people attending Magi Fest actually like knowing I'm going to see that dealer here because I've saved up my money here over Christmas and held back a little Christmas cash I want to go see Don's Magic and Books and you know buy that book and I know he's going to be there so I want to see him yeah, now I don't want this to all sound like a Vanishing Ink commercial. <laughs> it's been for a, a while, but Vanishing Ink, of course, is the one who's sponsoring yeah. this uh, convention, so it's important we talk about that. But another thing that we just, you and I talked about at breakfast, is the exciting thing that Vanishing Ink does as far as their uh, safari, and they've got a new cruise, and they get to talk about some of the, how that developed. Yes, the retreat. So, retreat, this, right? yeah, that's what we're calling it. And it's a fantastic new thing that I don't know has existed much in Magic, if at all, before, where it's a blend of a convention. But it's really limited. It's a. It's a very. You know, we know it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah, it's very intimate. And there's usually two keynote lecturers that are going to come and um, you know teach magic. And of course, we have Josh and Andy as well. So they're keynote as well. But I mean, they, they kind of come with the package as being part of Vanishing. Mm-hmm. But we've gone to some fantastic locations. The first retreat was in Costa Rica. They went to South Africa last year. We did uh, Utah, which was our first domestic one, but was a very big success. And then coming up. In May, we're going to Italy, to Tuscany, uh, Siena, actually, and we've got Luke Germay teaching us some stuff there, and um, 
Then we've got an Alaskan cruise coming later in the year. So we're trying to do about two a year now. We're, we're ramping it up. We're just trying to introduce new things. You know, magicians, we're always looking for new ways to learn magic and fellowship with other magicians and learn and meet them. And I think this is a great intimate way. Spouses come. My wife has come with me. We went on the Utah retreat and uh, met a bunch of other magicians and their spouses or significant others or girlfriends or whatever and had a great time doing some horseback riding and hiking. And it's just a great place. We like that story that uh, the gentleman was talking about at breakfast. Uh, sorry, which story? Well, it's one about his wife oh, yes. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Edmund, my good friend, and his wife Tiffany went down to Costa Rica and uh, went zip. Uh, there was a zip lining event, and uh, his wife didn't want to go on it, so she stayed back. Went and to most spouses don't want to come to a magic convention, and this is really not a convention; it's a retreat. Yeah, go absolutely. ahead. Said, okay, I'll go with you because I want to go to Costa That's Rica. Right. That's right. She wanted to go, so uh, she held back, went to the spa, and afterwards they said, "Hey, you can go up to the bar up here and get a cocktail." So she went up to to go do that. Anyway. Uh, long story short, she's, she's sitting there and somebody starts performing magic for her. And her husband calls her says, how's everything going? She says, oh, I'm sitting here with uh, Danny. He's showing me magic. He said, Danny, there's a couple of Danny's. Are you, are you talking about Danny De Ortiz? And she said, yeah, yeah, that's his name. And he'd been sitting there and performing magic one-on-one for her for about an hour and a half, yeah. just nonstop. Yeah. And there's actually a video out on his website of her. You can see doing a reaction to a card and bottle uh, from Costa Rica where he's doing that. And now she... she automatically wanted to go to all the rest of the retreats so Edmund and Tiffany have been to I, I believe every retreat we've had so far just because it's and, and so even his his wife you know said I want to go on this and my wife loved it as well it's just a fantastic that's the thing event. about how it's grown because it's all been word of mouth it's like I don't know it's a lot of money and it, you know I understand it's a vacation but once they do go and then they start talking to uh, other friends and saying what a good time they had so well, I'll try it and then they tell somebody it just grows exponentially oh that's absolutely right we had a pretty great so I was from Greenville South Carolina Edmund was there and that's how we know each other we invited another guy from greenville who came and uh you know him and his girlfriend came had a fantastic time they've already signed up for the next one because the same thing word of mouth they heard how great it was they came and experienced it and they said this and and to put it in his words it was a once in a lifetime type of deal except now he's going again so i guess it's going to be at least twice (laughs) in a lifetime yeah that's right right. well as we start to uh close then jeff also obviously that you're involved and you kind of have to be here but you would have been here anyhow is there somebody something that you're looking forward to or something you've already seen or What's what's the most exciting thing that you think you're going to take away from this experience this week? Well, you know, for me, this is my first time behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, I would say what I'm really enjoying is making sure that everybody's having a great time at the convention. Of course, I think we've got a lot of really fantastic uh, lineup. David Gerard is, uh, is one that I missed. He couldn't be here because of COVID. I really want to see his lecture because he's got some marketing stuff. I'm a mentalist when I perform. And so I really want to hear what he has to say. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, but really, for me, it's about making sure that everybody else has a great time and, and uh, that we continue to have this legacy. You know, I, I met a really great friend of mine. I relayed this uh, story last night. Just sat next to me at the very first Magi Fest, my very first convention. Name's Len Hibbard, and uh, he's going to be here Saturday. But we've gotten to know each other and... and make friendships and that's what I want for people here is to make this a comfortable environment everybody can enjoy meet new friends and hopefully walk away with some lifetime um, lifetime friendships I think they will it's uh, it's, it's been great so far every year's been great so far I've been coming for a long time back during the red the Redcoats days you know with Jeff Hosteller and everybody anyhow this has been great thanks Jeff very much thank you Scott I appreciate it you bet so for the Magic Word Podcast that was Jeff Kowalk this is Scotty Al So we're in the dealer room uh, still. As I said, we were just talking then with Jeff uh, Kowalka about uh, 
what was happening with Vanishing Inc. And we were in the dealer's room uh, at the time, where we were behind uh, Shudogawa's uh, uh, booth over there. But now, behind the booth, I'm talking with Roger Nico at uh, Car Shark. Hey there, Roger. Hey, hey, Scott. How's it going? Fantastic. So uh, we were just talking about something nothing to do with magic, but having to do with crop circles. We were talking about, so this, I think, is kind of interesting. I thought crop circles. Now, tell me first about, you're in the Bath area, I know, so tell me about Yeah, yeah well, I, li- I live in uh, Wiltshire, Wiltshire County in England. And, uh, I can tell by your accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Originally Western New York, yeah. but uh, but but now I live in now uh, in Wiltshire County, which is actually the county of mysticism and everything, because we have crop circles, stone circles, and uh, and and it's you know we're we're not that far from uh, Stonehenge. Yeah. So. Now, when you mentioned crop circles, that's why I want to quickly get okay. your idea on this because I thought that had all been debunked and they had shown how that they were doing all. So, what's the story? Well, you can, you can you can debunk it all you want. I mean, you know, there's always ways of of of, of people as skeptics trying to figure out different ways that it, that that they happen. But if you if you really look at, at what what is being done, the the intricacy and the and the and the precision that that some of the crop circles are are that are made are, are they're by far beyond uh, human beings making them, and also yeah. because of how quickly they can be made. They're they're being made so so quickly, and they're being made generally within within like an evening. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they're huge, like a couple and, acres long. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're huge, and, and and just just the design work is just incredible. Why do you think it's there in that area in Stonehenge area? What's I, happened? I mean, Eve, your your wife. I, I, yeah, I know. I have. I have. I've got. I've got really no idea. I mean, I really don't. But what are her I, thoughts? But I really. But I really. I, I do think that that like Stonehenge. I don't. I think that they had help. You know, just like the pyramids. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there there was some sort of help. There, there had to have been. Yes. Now, there was a guy I spoke to once. That's a long story, so I'm not going to go get into this. I wish I could go back and find this guy to record an episode with him because he was talking about apparently a time back uh, when I, something was aligned, and he was explaining uh, about all of this where magic was real from the standpoint that you could levitate things because gravity wasn't the same, so that's how they were able to move these huge you know, boulders from right. one place to the other by just picking them up and moving well, them. Well, they're also talking about uh, resonance and sound, yeah. U- using sound, uh, sound waves and, uh, you know, to, to, to move these stones. Mm-hmm. So, and once, and now I, I actually uh, have been inside the inner circle at Stonehenge. I was back in 72 uh, myself. Well, well, now you see, what they've, it's all cordoned off I now. Know. You can't get in there. Right. But with the exception that, that my wife and her business partner... I own StonehengeWeddings.com, and with, within that, with Stonehenge Weddings, we can actually gain entrance into the inner circle of the stones uh, to uh, conduct to, to conduct uh, wedding ceremonies or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, memorial services, you know, uh, for 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 people right. within stones. And the energy that you can feel within the stones is just incredible. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, it is. It's just incredible. Yeah, when I first went again in 1972, and you can walk up to it. I mean, of course, when I was in 1972, I remember going to the Louvre, and I could walk right up to the Mona Lisa, and apparently that's what everyone else was doing, and they were actually chipping some pieces of the paint right. off, and that's why they finally covered it yeah, in it, but because yeah. but, people are stupid. But, yeah. but you know, back in the day, you know, they trusted human beings to, to be human beings. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, even though that we go into the uh, inner circle of the stones, you're not allowed to touch the stones. You're not allowed to, uh, you know, take any souvenirs. You can't take anything in with you. 
can't pick um, up anything off the you ground. Can't or? pick up anything off the ground. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So yeah, that's. So do you go into security when they do weddings to make sure they don't do that, or they yes. got their own people? Well, they, they they do have their own security people, but I'm I'm also there as well to make sure the people behave themselves. Yeah. Wow, so, that's fascinating. Because yeah. uh, are, are the crop circles any place else around England? Because it seems like England is like a center. Of well, where, it's it's really kind of it's really kind of silly if if you. If you uh, have ever watched the Ancient Alien series uh, on, on, on television, Giorgio has actually been in Wiltshire County and has done a lot of the gone around to these different areas. But there is an area that is an underground tunnel system that was actually developed during World War II that goes on for miles in and around this uh, the town of, of uh, Box and, uh, and in Wiltshire. And even though it has officially been shut down by the RAF, officially shut down. Royal Air Force. It is, yeah, the Royal Air Force. It is still guarded extremely well. If you if you pull up and stop your car outside the barbed wire fences, and if you're there for more than a couple of minutes, immediately you will have unmarked, Black vehicles come up to your car and want you to move. Wow! So it's, it's all it's all very secretive. Very it's all very secretive. Yeah. Well, speaking of secretive, well, well, they were they have said that there is actually. Well, of course, it's all theoretical, but but it, it but they they think that uh, some some people believe that there is actually alien. Uh, 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 alien. Uh, what, what, what do I want to say? Uh, Life form there or something? Yeah, Hell yeah. They're they're trying they're trying to technology. Uh, re- yeah, the, the the alien technology that they're trying to uh, yeah, like the Marvel heroes did, yeah. where they were doing yeah, during yeah, yeah, that yeah, universe. Exactly, exactly, well, exactly, so it sounds like that's the Area Fifty One of England. It is. It, I mean, it really is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of secrets, and because we're at a magic convention, yep. let's get over there for just a minute. What's new with Car Shark? Have you got something new that you guys are uh, selling here this year, or something going to introduce at Blackpool? Uh, well, we're we're gonna we're getting ready for Blackpool. To be honest, uh, we, we're we're going to have some new releases of Blackpool. Anything you can tip right now? Um, not, not, not really that I can tip. Okay. Not really that I can tip. It's all still secretive. Okay. So oh. be sure to go by the Car Shark booth. Oh, by the car, yeah, by, by all means, come to the Car Shark booth at Blackpool. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Good to see you, as always, and Roger. <laughs> Great seeing you, too, Scott. Say hello to you. Okay. okay. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. This uh, was Roger Nico and with Car Shark, Scotty out. We're now with uh, Marv Leventhal, good buddy from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Hey there, Marv. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. And uh, for those of you who might not know Marv as well, he was uh, one, along with uh, Dan Harlan many years ago, who had the Minotaur out that ran for so many years. How many? About 17? Or not one that Yes, long? I wish. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't wish, actually. It was actually uh, eight years. Eight years. But it seemed like 17 probably yes. sometimes. That's right. I think it was eight years over 17 okay. years. Because <laughs> yeah, after time passed, you were yeah. still sending some out and everything, yeah. you know, then as well. Now, one of the things I've not talked about yet today was some of the stuff that happened last evening. Uh, as far as, first of all, the Mark James show. Uh, he performed. He's going to be lecturing then tomorrow morning, Saturday morning on day three. So far, uh, can you tell me a little bit of what were your thoughts on the show then last night? I uh, I enjoyed Mark a whole lot, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of clever ideas, uh, great sense of humor. I know he 
he indicated sometimes he had a little trouble translating from English <laughs> to English. Like a torch to yeah, a flashlight. Yeah, a torch, yes, exactly. <laughs> torch to flashlight. Uh, but very, very entertaining. I mean, if, if he was performing in a comedy club, or I guess that's yeah. the venue he's used to, I would certainly... You know, go to a show like that. I know my my wife is fond of magic, and she doesn't like to go to a lot of stuff, but I think she would enjoy that a whole lot. Well, he was successful also on a lot of cruise ships, and then as as well as working different kinds of uh, these holiday camps and things then as well around uh, the coast. Yeah, and he doesn't, surprisingly, not a real heavy uh, English accent. I know some of these... Magicians <laughs> okay. are, are actually, I mean, a little hard to understand sometimes. Not necessarily at this convention, but some that I've seen. And, and he's certainly very uh, understandable, even with his English sense of humor, which I, I kind of enjoy. It's, I did, too. It's a little bit offbeat. It's not exact. And that's probably part of the reason I enjoyed him. Yeah. It was a little different, uh, you know, way of... Uh, making things funny. <laughs> I like the way he used uh, music throughout as well. He had something going on all the time. He had something to begin with saying, hey, you've got ten minutes before and five minutes and two minutes, get ready, whatever. Right, so right. he had some music beforehand and a little voiceover and everything, and then throughout his right. whole performance, he opened up with fire eating and everything else. And so it was. Yeah, fire eating was, was very good. Uh, I don't know how many magicians get to see fire eating that often. Not too much too often. No, that seems like anymore. That's true. Uh, I know my one friend, Neil Rosam, I think he's been on the show once, yep, maybe Neil's with been me. On, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does fire eating. I don't know if this is a coincidence, but he's since shaved off his mustache. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, he also, Mark had done uh, some stuff that had to do like with calculations and uh, coming up with some ideas I thought that was... Uh, kind of baffling it was a little bit uh i don't know a little contrived took a little bit of time but it was uh wow it was no it was it was it was all good i mean he had the i won't call it patter i guess presentation is a better scripting word in this case yeah scripting to you know well suit everything he was doing uh i didn't find any really lag time and the what he was doing, like I said, he was, he was very entertaining. Very entertaining, and I, 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 you hit upon a good point there as far as scripting goes. From the very opening where he started right out and he's talking with the audience, it was very well scripted and he was very confident in what he was saying. There really weren't any right. uh, lapses or whatever. It's like, well, for my next trick or whatever. I mean, it was very well written right. and scripted out. So, I mean, I, I, I think someone like him, I'm not sure if he said this was his first show in the United States. You did say it's the first convention in the United States. First convention, yes, which certainly could be a reason for pause on a performer's part. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I thought it it was like he'd he'd always worked worked in the United States. Well, following him was uh, Peter Turner, who was completely different from the standpoint that he was more of a mentalist uh, kind of performer with... Right. Go ahead. Well, you know, Peter Turner... Uh, well, let me preface this by saying I really wasn't as aware, maybe subconsciously, on all the different types of mentalists there are. I mean, to well, you're say... You're in that mentalism world, so really. I, I, I'm working a little bit, not yeah. too much, but I've, I've delved a little more. Uh, but 
to say Max Maven is a mentalist and Peter Turner is a mentalist should not convey the idea that they both do the same thing. Correct. I mean, it's a totally different uh, segment of mentalism, and I've never seen that in person before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've seen things like that, but... Uh, I kind of felt like we were watching a little bit of Darren Brown. I mean, Yes, it, exactly. Know. I was just about to say that. It's... It, and it, it makes me actually understand Darren Brown a little better. Not that I wanted to hear a lot of secrets, but he did expose a lot of stuff. And all I can say is I felt like I was experiencing a dual reality right. of uh, what was actually going on. As I said to a couple people last night, I said, it's kind of like watching paper balls over the head. Yeah. You know, in that, one person's fooled. Here... Both sides are fooled. Yes. The people watching it and the person without realizing that they've been fooled. Yeah. And as a result, it looks like, honest to gosh, real mentalism. One of the people he picked uh, for in the audience is actually uh, one of my roommates here, staying with me during the convention. And he was telling me, you know, and he hit the quote, number on the credit card, end quote, um, he was just taken aback. I mean, it was like a religious experience for him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could tell also the way that the uh, volunteer was reacting on stage, that it was a genuine reaction. Oh, absolutely. Because as you say, a dual reality, they were seeing something different than we were. Right. And and in in that way, he, he intermingles this... So that both both sides are actually fooled, and the end result is a heightened level of I, I want to say a heightened level of just mentalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason I want to go so much into that is because I wanted to recommend for people who haven't heard of Peter Turner to look into his stuff and see about ordering some of his ideas and lecture notes and things online. Uh, gee, I'm sure you can get PDFs and some videos right, and things right. like that because he is at a different level of thinking. And, and understand that I'm an old person now, so you know some of these guys might be off-put by his appearance. Yeah, he's tattooed uh, all over. Yeah. Right, and I would say... Don't let that hold you back, because yeah. if, if you watch some of his stuff uh, before learning the secret of what he's doing, you will think he's a true mind reader. Boy, that's right. And now this morning, since we uh, got started here, uh, first up, let's see, who was it that we had this morning at uh, 10 o'clock? Kyle Pernell. Yeah, Kyle Pernell. I thought had a a great lecture. Right. Kyle is a very clever guy whose mantra is, what was it? Think small, play big. Yeah, that's right. And uh, small uh, small effect, big. Small effect, that's right. uh, Small effect, big result. No, small method, big effect. Big effect. That was it. New together we come up with it. I mean, and he wasn't against big method, big effect, or small yes. method. There's a place for all those other possibilities, right. and they can all be good, but he specifically tries to narrow stuff down. And, and you shouldn't be misled a little effect thinking it means uh, self-working or easy. 
Not that his stuff wasn't fairly easy, I would say, uh, but it's a minimalist approach to garnering uh, the biggest effect. I thought he had some very good ideas, obviously, that uh, can be played impromptu uh, with just some bills and things, you know. It's not just card tricks. In fact, I don't think he even taught card tricks. Did he do a card trick? I don't remember. Uh, I don't recall. Morton Christensen did, who was a FISM winner, and he was up after that. And he worked comedy clubs. And his lecture was very funny and very good. And I think, uh, like, three of the effects were card predictions. Yeah, which were, I mean, obviously you wouldn't do those all in the same show, but you get the general idea about here's how you could do this one, and here's another idea that might fit whatever your performing venue might be or your show. I will say one thing just in general about the Magi Fest... And that is, uh, especially for someone like you and me with several years of magic experience behind us, there are a lot of new faces here there are. this year. A lot of people I've never heard of, which can result in really good stuff or really not so good stuff. Yeah. And I've been pleasantly surprised. I've seen people uh, perform in ways, I mean, in terms of their manner and attitude and persona that I I haven't ever experienced before. And I think that's what's making this convention uh, such a good convention, especially for me. I, I think people that have thought about coming to a convention anywhere this one is probably the closest to a national convention like IBM or Absolutely. SAM. I mean, it rivals it in size, for right. sure. Right. And uh, you can't go wrong coming to this. I've actually been coming to the Magi Fest since 1981. Mm-hmm. I missed a few the last few years because of COVID, and this is my first year back in a couple of years, but based on this year... I would certainly plan to come back again. And I think all the people who are listening, if you haven't attended one in a while or ever at all, you might think about coming over and experiencing this. I mean, even as we're talking, you hear kind of the cacophony right. in the background. We are sitting in the area outside of near the registration desk area, but outside of the ballroom and the dealer's room. So it's a confluence of uh, people who are just sessioning, and we've got uh, tables just full of people. A lot of youth. I mean, I see a kid who looks like he's probably not 12 years old who's entertaining a group of people who are much older than him. I'm almost surprised at how many young people are here, considering that if you're uh, a magician that still goes to magic meetings, the number of youthful uh, magicians coming into the art are curiously absent. They don't realize the, uh, you know, the, the... the advantage of talking right. to older guys. And here, it just happens kind of organically. Yes. I know uh, the young gentleman that's rooming with me, uh, he's only been in magic a couple of years, but he's he's become very good very fast. Yep. And after the last event last night, to which I went to bed pretty soon afterward, uh he didn't come in until 3 in the morning. Oh, he boy, was down yeah. here in the lobby jamming. That's so cool. I like to hear that. And there are a lot of people, again, who have been here even longer. I see Tom oh, Craven yeah. over there who is... Is he here? He's right over there. See him uh, over in that table scratching his head yeah. over there? Yeah. Uh, and that guy has been coming probably since the first one 80 years ago. I, I, I think Tom has the longest tenure of continued, continued uh, attendance here. 
And if you haven't seen Tom, by the way, he's—he—I think Tom's like 85 now, roughly. He's five He's pushing yeah, 90. He's, he's pushing 90. Now. And I know he just recently went on a lecture tour he did, in went Florida. Florida. Yeah. So if if he ever comes to your area, Tom is a down to earth guy that that doesn't do anything that any average magician, maybe slightly above can't do with a lot of really easy stuff. Having published the Minotaur, one of the tricks uh, on the final video, we did put out a video, uh, was Tom's glass backwards, which was one of the uh, uh, tricks that probably got the most comments directly to me of anything on that video. Well, he's been, he is the longest running or oldest guy who has attended every 4F convention. In also. fact, he's the only one. The now. only one who's re- yes. last man standing. Right. Who's been from the first one all the way to well, exactly. coming up on the 50th in April. Exactly. Yeah. The, the long awaited 50th. Boy, that has been a long awaited. We've yes. been postponing it for three years and finally, you know, we had. Guys are chewing yeah. at the bit. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> well, Marv, thanks very much. Always good t- catching up with you, buddy. A pleasure <laughs> talking to you too, Scott. Uh, so for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Marv Leventhal. This is Scotty out. Well, again, there's a lot of stuff still going on right now, and there is a talk that's going on uh, by an author in the uh, main uh, banquet hall, as well as a few other things that were going on. Uh, Josh and Andy both received a presidential citation from Billy Shway uh, from the IBM, which was kind of cool, and had a few people also doing some mini lectures, if you will, that was part of the general session. Uh, And again, they're going on over there. Hey, Billy, uh, glad you did that. That was uh, our international president just walking by right there. But uh, speaking of, that's what I'm saying. This is a convention you really need to attend because here is somebody who is the owner of the Chicago Magic Lounge. And I'm proud to say, as a friend of mine, please welcome Joey Cranford. Hey, Joey. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Good to see you over here. You, do you come to this very often? It's not that far from Chicago. Right? Oh, this is actually my first Magi Fest. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Inaugural well, year I for me. I just kind of assumed that you were always over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no this, is a, this is a really, really cool convention. Though. Now, when you come do you to these kind of conventions, not, I mean, obviously it's just here, but yep. uh, do you look at some performers and think, oh, you know, you'd be really good, and you go and talk to them and see if they're interested in coming and being at the Magic Lounge? Well, yeah, I mean, we have a, a system in place for that. You know, as you know, Benjamin Barnes is the entertainment director. Um, but uh, if I do meet someone and, and they have in, you know, questions about the lounge, I, I try to say, you know, well, we have a, a guy that we can talk to. Um, but, you know, for me, what I love seeing is, is all the performers that we host at the Chicago Magic Lounge oh. all together in one different place. I, it's so important for me to, to be a part of this community outside of my four walls. Um, you know, for, for me, it's, uh, you know, the Magic Lounge is a place for, for great magic, but also for great community. And so for me, building that community is real important to our mission. Um, uh, and so this is kind of my outreach to the community. Oh, to say, support them. Yeah, to say I'm, I'm here as well. I'm one of you as well. Uh, and I like, to, I like to just be here to see all the performers. You know, last year I think we had 135 performers from all over the world. Wow. Uh, and um, I feel like I've met a third of them here. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's cool to just reconnect, you know, just to see, you know, Mr. Masato say, hey, Nick DeFott say, hey, you know, see Andre in from Chris Europe and say, yeah. hey, yeah, Chris is here. Like, it's just, it's just really neat. And, of course, you know, we have our own Chicago crew out here. It's yeah. just fun to see everybody 
um, in, a, in a different four wall set. You know, so it's pretty cool. It's a little bit different. Now, who or what have you seen so far, or in the dealer's room, or the show, or lectures so far that uh, has excited you? Well, my favorite thing, you know, I'm a historian. I, I collect a lot of uh, lithographs, uh, magic ephemera. Right. Um, so I, my main thing was to hear Charles. Charles speech. Green. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. We, we had a dinner the night before, um, and we got to talk about history and our and our combined love for it. It didn't take long to much to wind him up and get. No. He is passionate. It takes. It's harder to wind him down, <laughs> you know. But yeah. me too, right? Yeah, so yeah. once we get started, yeah. we're like, "What about this? Oh, what about that? Yeah. What about this?" You know. So we uh, we had a great conversation about that. So I really wanted to hear him speak, and he's such a passionate speaker. Yeah. He, he's he's flawless in his presentation, and it just comes with so much energy. And and what I wasn't expecting was him to inspire others. My favorite thing that I've heard since I've been here was Charles's ending of that of that little speech, and I, I told him this too. I said, when you, when you, you know, he did all this just because he wanted to learn more. He wanted to learn about the, 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 the history of Ionia, what she did later in life. And so he traced down her footsteps, leading all the way to a home that she lived in until she passed away, leading all the way to the family's grave. And he took some chances that a lot of people wouldn't do. He knocked on some doors and rang some doorbells that, that were, were shut. Um, didn't answer the first time, but he kept trying, yeah. all to just get information. And further his own interest. And when he closed his speech, he said, so, you know, while you're here at this convention, do what I did. Knock on some doors, ring some doorbells, talk to those people, meet them, you know. And, you know, we all know Lance Burton is here. And, and it's just, a, you know, some people, including myself, the first professional magician I ever saw. Uh, and so it, his speech of, of saying, go further than you think you, you can go, uh, not, you know, knock on some doors that you, you, you think are closed and you'll be surprised at the outcome. You know, and I just thought that was such a cool way to kick off the convention. It really is, and you know, yeah. that's a very important thing, particularly because there are so many young people here. We've, I keep constantly talking about this during the podcast about how the median age is so much younger here at this convention than most others. And a lot of times some young people might feel a little bit intimidated because, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, this person's a legend. I mean, they're Shudogawa, you know, they're yeah, just yeah, yeah. the one wisdom. Or, and they don't, they're afraid to go up and ask for an autograph or, you know, what are they going to say to uh, Hey, Mr. Ogawa, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, what I like um, that was said on the first day as well, just yesterday, um, was that if you see some kids, hey, Felice, how are you? Good, how are you? Like, good, dude, good. Um, Another young person, right? Yeah, well, Felice, yeah, I know. She's got, uh, she's got the thing in Boston, you know, the Magic Lab. It's really cool. Um, but she said, he said, um, they, they said, I don't remember who said it, but uh, it was said that if you see some, some kids working on some stuff yeah. as adults, it's our job to go and ask them to show us something yeah. and, 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 and encourage them to, and to not just walk by them and go, oh, you know, because they're our future. You know, these people are the future you right. know, of magic, and we need to cultivate that that feeling of trust, you know, and not and not let them grow up thinking that they're of a different generation. I think I think also that everybody is more giving, and you really don't know how open they're going to be. I mean, for example, see David Williamson over here, you know, yep. kind of sitting with the young people who are coming up then to him and asking. But the point is that he's openly and freely giving things, and that's what I'm saying is that. And I see Tom Craven over here has been yep. around for so long, and so many different people who are older who have the experience and certainly open and free and willing to give that. And so if everybody would just kind of hang around the table, and oftentimes you do see, like here, there will be two deep behind the table yeah, watching yeah, yeah. somebody. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. 
Well, my, my thing, you know, I, I saw this whole group of kids. You can actually see them from right over here. There's a whole group of kids over there. And, you know, going up to them and, and saying, you know, I run the lounge. Like, obviously, we have an age requirement and, 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 a, and a professional thing. But I, I was, like, listening to, to some of the talks about what this youth program is all about and, and how this, there's, a, there's, like, a free admission if you are a child performer performing for not-for-profits. And I was like, I was like how cool would it be to have, like, a show, a kid's show, a family show, which, which we have now again and but have table performers that are all of their age you know and and give an opportunity for younger performers to perform in a a professional venue right um and i just you know it's just so cool um to uh to see these to see these kids and their excitement here well you have opened uh, a wonderful venue there certainly with the chicago magic lounge the first one, and then you've expanded that to the, the new location, which mm-hmm. I say new now. It's probably, what, seven five, years? We're about five, five years. Okay. And celebrating our fifth year. That's right. Uh, and even during COVID, you were kind of open, uh, but uh, socially distant for a long time? Uh, we were virtually. For was that what it was for a while? four days, we were closed. Wow. Uh, but we did virtual performances. We turned our theater into a veritable studio, yeah. uh, performing in the main stage and in the 654 Club, and then piping in performers from South America, from Europe, and, um, and learning how to create really, really live show. Yeah. Um, for for our audience, and basically that was just to keep the keep the muscle memory alive for all the magicians that now, we support. For the most part, I would say that everything is back 100 percent as far. Oh as, yeah, okay. yeah, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. What pandemic? I don't remember it at all. <laughs> That's right. It's a blur. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, I have a little scratchy throat, and like I'm just like, oh gosh, you know, I don't. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but you know. <laughs> That's the only the only remnant is like thinking of you know the the, the days, but no, the, the theater's back up and running. Everything is great, you know. And I know that you said Benjamin Barnes, of course, is the entertainment director over there then mm-hmm. as well. Uh, as far as people who are coming into Chicago and wanting to see that, uh, can you tell people like where can they go to get more information and see who's going to be performing? And as far as the website and all that. Or? Yeah, yeah, the website's uh, real simple: ChicagoMagicLounge.com. Um, we don't we don't post our performances uh, you know weeks in advance or months in advance um, because really what we've learned is that that the talent that we produce is the best in the world and come get a ticket you're going to see 12 performers on a Friday night right. you know so it's going to be great um, uh, our Instagram though is really uh, hot right now so we uh, we just I think we just capped over 20,000 followers on Instagram wow. and um, so really to stay up to date is uh, is going through the um, through the Instagram account. what's yeah. the account there oh at uh, Chicago Magic Lounge okay same thing <laughs> easy enough yeah. to find there oh, as and, well and today I have I have news today okay. on the march <laughs> uh, today um, for the first time since the pandemic started we really launched our roundtable dues. Okay. So, um, if you Talk know a little about that, because you you're wearing you're sporting the yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, I got yeah. that. I got the new shirt today. I'm proudly <laughs> representing. You know, this is a limited edition. I made three. Okay. Um, we. Um, uh, in, when we were first uh, opening the Magic Lounge, we wanted to support the community uh, by giving them some exclusive access for lectures, Q&As, discounts on tickets, free walk-up tickets if they're available, and, a, and an open mezzanine space that's just free for members to come, watch a show, have some drinks, and have a good time. Um, since the pandemic, we, we closed that off. We left the membership active, so if any past member had a card, um, we they could come in, get all the same benefits, but we just weren't doing the extracurricular stuff with the lectures and all that. We're trying to just focus on the main part of our business. But it's 2023. We're ready to move on. We're relaunching dues today, 
for all current members, current and past members. It's an annual thing, right? Yep, it's an annual thing. Uh, we, uh, we're going to prorate the dues about six months in. Um, it's not too expensive, but, uh, but it's worth it because the, the money goes towards funding the lectures, funding the Q&As, and, um, and, and you know, helping out with all of the exclusive details that you know, we, we, we have. And you're located pretty centrally in Chicago, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit on the north side, a little north from uh, Wrigley Field, but um, very accessible. You know. Yeah, it's, it's a hip area up there, I think, pretty hot. Well, uh, Time Out London called us the, cool, the second coolest neighborhood in the world, which we were the only American, so Time Out <laughs> says we're the coolest neighborhood in the U.S. You know? Enough said about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations, and always good to catch up with you, Joey. Really good to see you, too, Scott. Let's get that martini. Oh, I, I'm ready. <laughs> Magic Word Podcast. That was Joey Cranford. Scotty out. Well, I don't feel like that we'd be having a complete convention report without talking with someone who... I think epitomizes Ohio magic, <laughs> as well as magic in general over here in close-up magic for a number of years that you have done that. And so please welcome my guest over here, Tom Craven. Hey there, Tom. Hi. <laughs> Very good to see you then again. Are you excited, by the way, I was going to say about the 4F convention. We could finally have our 50th coming well, up in April. I haven't been invited yet. <laughs> you haven't got the invitation yet. No. Must be lost in the mail. <laughs> Lost in the Ethernet and I'm the email. Serious, though, really? I have, no, I'll, I'll, we'll tell you, talk about that. Okay. Well, it's, but as far as this convention goes, you are, uh, you've been coming to this for how many years, did you say? About 60. About 60. You were, I saw Jeff Hostetter last night, and I was surprised he'd only been coming for like about 35 years. And Jeff was one of the original Redcoats when I thought you were like one of the original Redcoat, weren't you? No. I it, haven't been coming as long as some of the Redcoats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, you've been performing, and uh, do you remember over the years, is there any particular convention where somebody or something happened that was memorable, that sticks out that you remember? Oh, probably if I thought about it enough, there would be a number of them, but uh, I'm... I, 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 I'm at a loss at the moment. <laughs> there are so many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People over there. And I understand, I know that you've been going out lecturing again. You just went back down to Florida recently to uh, do a little bit of a lecture tour. Well, I did two lectures. Okay. Mm-hmm. And drove just, down there with your daughter, I understand? Um, my daughter and, and a granddaughter. They mm-hmm. drove me. Okay. So you still coming up with some new ideas? Well, I actually, uh, I... None of this was new. The, the lecture I did was called the Keeper Lecture. Mm-hmm. It's a, using the Keeper Card principle that I've been doing since about 1974. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's, that was uh, just all card magic, all done with that, that principle and different applications yep. to the principle. Mm-hmm. And you, you had come up with that idea of the Keeper back well, then? Well, John Quine came up with the original premise uh, in Ohio, he was my, my good friend, and uh, he came up with the keeper idea, and then I just played with it and expounded and, and expanded it, yeah. and uh, and I don't think he's even uh, close to thinking about the things that I thought about with sure. the keeper principle. Sure. Now, the book that you wrote, was that, what was that, 40 Years in Magic, or... My book? Yeah, your book is what? Was the almost, almost 50? 50 years. That was it, almost magic. 50 years. Well, now you've got what? Almost? It's been more than that. <laughs> <laughs> almost more. <laughs> yeah, a lot more. Well, the book came out in 91, and, and so now we're 
that much further past that. Right. So. Yep. And you still been coming up with some new ideas and things that you might uh, think about putting uh, into maybe another small addendum. No. You're done. No. As I'm far done. as publishing goes. I'm done. <laughs> Sold the rights to the book to Sean Farquhar. Okay. So he's got it at Palmer Magic, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you can buy that book through to him. That's available right. there then. Yeah. That's right. Well, so how have you been enjoying this convention? Have you had a good I, time? I've only been here for several hours. Oh, you just got here today? I got here today. Okay. And I'll be gone tonight. Just in and out? Just came down like last year. I came in for a day. Today I come in for today. Are you in Akron or where? Cleveland? Where do you live? Where are you? Kent, Ohio. Kent, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. And that's where Kent State is, the that's university. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And that's just, uh, what, southeast of Cleveland? Yeah. Roughly? Bit. Okay. Yeah, that area. So just kind of in and out for the day. You're not going to have a chance really to uh, see much or do much. Did you come down to your daughter or granddaughter drive you down? No. Or? Gary Morton drove me down. Oh, Gary did. Gary. I didn't see Gary here. Okay. Is he coming back? Is he going to drop you off and come back, or what's he going to do? He's going back. He's driving me home. Yeah, okay. Tonight, yeah. We decided... Last year to come down for a day, and Josh, you know, Josh told him that I've been coming here for so long, so many years, and he said, uh, "Can you just get him down here for at least a day?" So that's what we and did. And I'm so glad. That's why I wanted to come. I'm glad I caught you before. And I could... So now we did it again this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I caught you before that you uh, missed you. Then tomorrow because you won't be yeah. here. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you caught me. Yeah. Well, you're looking good. And yeah. so. I'm hanging in there. Well, it's better than hanging out there. So yeah, hanging in there. I guess so. <laughs> I'm glad to uh, see you then again. You say well. Okay, thanks, I'll see you Scott. again later. Okay. <laughs> so with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Tom Craven. Scotty out. Ah, the people are applauding. In the dealer's room over here then right now, and uh, one of the people who is a performer and uh, also a lecturer and going to be giving a workshop, I've got my friend here, Shoot Ogawa. Hey there, Shoot. Hi. Hello. Good to see you then again, sir. And you are going to be giving a lecture tomorrow, or is that later tonight? When you... uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, yes. Okay. Yep. And your workshop is getting full already, coming up on Sunday. Oh, that's wonderful. So... I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And are you, uh, first of all, wanted to say congratulations. I didn't get a chance in Quebec to get to uh, talk with you and say congratulations. Uh, uh, thank you. You and Simon were just awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank I you had good much. seats, so I didn't even need to watch the monitor when I saw you perform live, you know, over there. That's, but, that's uh, great. Thank you so much. But afterwards, I mean, it seems like you just had the world's press who was on you guys all over the place. And so uh, a lot of people taking pictures. Did you What What did you get out of that afterwards? Did you get it more credibility than what you already have earned? Well, uh, actually, like, it's a funny situation. Like, I got a four-month of a contract in Hawaii yeah. for Magical, uh, Magical Mystery Show in uh, Hilton Waikiki Beach Hotel. And it started around the middle of June last year. Yeah. And it was supposed to be only four months. Yeah. But uh, I won the FISM. Right. And right after I won FISM, they extend to the end of the year. Wow. And then after that, they asked me to stay there to the end of the March this year. And now they're asking me to stay <laughs> to the end of the October this year. Well, that's not a bad place to be no, but, stuck, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I stuck in an island. Of course, it's a beautiful island. So yeah. I'm very lucky. But, uh, you know, the, uh, actually, like, you know, the, I didn't change. I just uh, stuck up a whole effort for magic, and I tried to give back for the society as well. Somehow people recognized my work last summer. I was lucky because the other performers are absolutely amazing, and yeah. I like all of them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, because I got a trophy, 
and I should be more responsible. So now I got more things. So uh, people see me a little bit different, but I'm still same. Just I try to do more for the magic society and try to do good show for the lay people to right. let them love magic more and right. more. Right. That's uh, my uh, you know personal goal in the current situation. Now, where can people go to see you over in Hawaii? What, in the, is it a small theater? Or tell me, tell it's me a beautiful uh, Victorian theater, like an 1800 to 1900, you know, Victorian parlor-looking theater. There's a, uh, also like a, the, uh, how to call it, the, uh, the Museum of uh, Oddity? Curiosity. Curiosity. Uh, curiosity, yeah. So, and uh, this museum is like, you know, the special room having a lot of unique things in the small room. People enter this room and then, you know, the host is going to guide to the main theater with yeah. the special words and, you know, opening a door like a magic castle type yeah. of theme. And then, you know, the, this theater is the only max 60 seat. Sometimes, like, you know, uh, another theater in Maui is a 40 seat-ish. So, so it's, it's kind of like a, a smaller parlor. It's a parlor, actually perfect size for me. Yeah. So like uh, I can do close-up to the parlor material as much as I wish. Right, right. And the show itself is a 70 minutes, my spot. And the opening act is usually 20 minutes. And the museum things are about the 5 to 10 minutes. So total experience is about two hours of a show. Wow. But uh, uh, it's a very important to have this kind of theater because audience is different. If we do magic on the street, we have a really hard time to get audience. If it's a corporate show, they're having chat and maybe drink and magic is a side right. so no main things right even like you know even they set up stage still like uh, you know they have a ceremony and yeah. magic is a little uh, surprise for people mm-hmm. but they are not expecting or wishing to see magic at the beginning yeah. but this theater everybody buy ticket everybody come over and they don't know this room exists or not because it looks like a regular like a meeting rooms right. and from outside so but I know some person is standing there and you have to talk to them and they recognize that it is a theater yeah. and enter to the museum and enter the theater so when they get into the theater when they come out they're ready to see magic show oh, yeah so yeah. and this situation is great for the people and we are extending i mean they're extending the theater more and more so hopefully it opens up uh, in uh, different cities and different countries and after all like many good magicians in the world are going to work get work that's right. a very important for everyone. So you can so, get on a tour of all these different places yeah, yeah. and it all comes about. It's a, it's a wonderful place. So, yeah. so again, how can people get tickets for that? Where do they go uh, to the Well, if website you want or? to, the best way is oafumagic.com. Uh, no dash, no dot, like oafumagic. Like off, like in Honolulu, Honolulu, offmagic.com. If you go there, there's like you know, the information, right. and you can choose the island, which island you're going to, and then also like we have a theater, so there's a guidance. So right now uh, I'm there, but like uh, I'm here in uh, Magic <laughs> Fest. So this moment, other performer is performing because yeah. this year is changing performer. So I'm not always there. You'll be heading back Monday, though, I guess. Uh, yes, yeah. but I have a meeting at the castle, okay. so I have to fly to the You're castle. You're on the board, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. It's a uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I have no comment for that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I may see you in March. I'm going to be working the parlor myself. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. March the 13th yeah. to the 19th. The castle is still one of the best, best place because uh, same, same as the Magical Mystery Show, people expect and you know having few hurdle, mm-hmm. few, few steps to get there, right? Yeah. So right. it's very important for magic. Yeah. And audience love to see magic. You know it. We know it, right? So Magic yeah. Castle is the best place. So we are trying to make like a really more intimate version of the Magic Castle there. So hopefully you have a great time at the castle. I'm looking forward uh, you know, And I will see you there, or maybe I can see you. Just come over. I will. <laughs> we can I'll try that. Shoot always a good chance. Thank you. See Thank you. you. Catch you so at Rebel Twelve. Thank you very much. So the Magic Word Podcast. So Shudogawa, Scotty out. We are still in the dealer's room right now, and you can still hear all the noise coming on uh, behind me, but uh, 
Some of the noise is coming from the future president, <laughs> national president of the Society of American Editions, my friend John Sirk. Hey, John. Hey, Scott. Well, I am from the Windy City, yes. and the name comes from the windbag politicians, and I'm no exception. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. So you have been well-groomed to take that job. When yeah, you... almost uh, if it, if it was, as if it was fate. So yeah. you are the, I know heir apparent, but does that mean you're first vice president? Or I, I'm currently the president-elect. Oh, president-elect. I, I take over from uh, the Honorable Rod Chow, our current president. I take over from him at our convention in New Orleans this July. I'll be in New Orleans, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Yeah. But tell me, I know you're not the first president uh, from Chicago. Who are some of the others? Uh, uh, well, uh, Jay Marshall. First of all, not president, but he was the dean. He was the dean. Yes, absolutely. Uh, other presidents. Let's see. I thought there was at least one other president. Oh, there's plenty of others. Uh, oh, uh, Dorney, uh, Werner Dornfield, uh, one of the early presidents, uh, early uh, shakers in the SAM. Who was he? Was also national president and a dean. Yes. Um, let's see. Russ Walsh of the Walsh Kane. Yeah. Chicagoan. I did not know that. And one of the few people to be president of both SAM and IBM. Russ Walsh. Uh, so we've got quite a history uh, that I have to strive to live up to. What will be your goal for the coming year as president? Well, I have two uh, things that I really want to focus on. Uh, the first is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I uh, want to have a DEI committee formulate some plans. That's better than a DIE committee. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> diversity, equity, inclusion, and focus on uh, developing some programs and policies to encourage recruitment for women, BIPOC, and LGBT magicians. And the second is uh, to uh, improve component relations, is what we call it in the professional association space. And that is to make sure that our assemblies are working at, uh, have everything, all the resources that they need are working uh, optimally and are creating a welcoming environment for new members. Sounds like uh, admirable goals. And when you have nice, concise, reachable goals and objectives, you can reach them. So. Yeah, that's right. And uh, another thing we're going to be working on uh, this year, uh, I think I can tease it, is the new SAM history book that will be coming out, we hope, this year. Uh, the, uh, the late David Goodsell had completed the book uh, at uh, the time that he passed away. Um, we're currently going through uh, doing the editing of the manuscript, and then we'll be working on getting it published and hopefully get it in people's hands later this year. But not in time for the convention? Well, we're going to try. Okay, you're pushing. <laughs> we're going to try. So tell me something about New Orleans. I'm excited. I love New Orleans. I love the food. The Cajun food is oh, my favorite. But Yeah, like absolutely. And uh, our guest of honor this year will be the beautiful and wonderful Tina Leonard. She is programming uh, her the gala show, which will be Tina Leonard and Friends. I assume that'll include Mike Caveney. Uh, he's terrific. I love him. Uh, we also just announced uh, we signed R. Paul Wilson okay. for our close-up gala show, and that will be R. Paul Wilson and the Mechanics. Okay. So that's what we've got so far. Keep an eye on magicsam.com or samconvention.com for all the latest details. Where you can go and register. Also. You sure can register there. And also you can sign up for the hotel, which is the hotel is going to be at the Renaissance? Or uh, the Harris. Harris. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they got gambling there too. Yep. Hey, if you uh, aren't losing enough money in the dealer room, <laughs> hit the tables. Well, or better still, if you win some money, take it to the dealers. Yeah, that that's what we call a good economy, right? So there. Win, win. Yeah, win. It's win, 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 all the way around. Triple wins. <laughs> there we go. Well, John, good luck this next year, and it's good to always see you. All right, thanks, Scotty. Good to see you. So the Magic Board Podcast, my good buddy, and the. Uh, President-elect for the Society of American Traditions. That was John Stern. Scotty L. Well, there's still more. There are still more things that are going on than right now. Dealer's room has been going strong, and I believe Mark Calabrese is uh, giving a lecture. Then right now, I'm missing a little bit of that in order to spend some time with my friend, the friend of the Magic Board. And here he is, John Wolf. Hey there, John. How are you, Scott? How are you? Good to see you again this year. Did you drive down with uh, again as usual, or? Uh, Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, Drove from Gettysburg. It was about eight hours. But I remember the first time I met you, I drove, I think it was 11 hours up to Michigan, Uh and I had just, quote, discovered the Magic Word podcast, and I listened to 11 hours of you, and I walk in the dealer's room, and who's the first person I see but you? Never met you before. Could you tell by my voice, or how'd you know as me? From my... I could tell by your voice. Okay. Yeah, it was absolutely clear cut. That's interesting. Well, did uh, you come with uh, Kyle Purnell? Did he drive well, with this you? This year or? we drove separately. Okay. Um, and so I came up a day early. I came up Wednesday, and that way I could relax Thursday. And there were people already sessioning Wednesday night and Thursday morning, so that yeah. was fun. Well, I uh, saw Kyle earlier today. As you know, I had a chance to record an episode with him. It's going to be coming up in a in the future uh, that is uh, more in detail about some of the stuff he talked about in his lecture here today and everything. And he's such a, a great young man. And there he is. Uh, maybe I can get a, a word with him. He's giving a hug to Eric Tate, my competitor, another podcaster over there who is really great. I like Eric's uh, like podcast as well. But Well, and I know you like his material yourself because it tricks when you're uh, he workshopped with you on one of the effects with yes. the dollar bill. Right. And uh, right. I think you enjoy that. I, I really do, and, and, and I did. Uh, but he has just, yeah, got, uh, I thought I had a good lecture, and it's just he's got such a uh, jovial personality, and that was one of the highlights, I think, so far of the convention then for me as well. I do too, and I think the material that he presents to the magicians here is material they're going to really use and can use because you'll notice in his Kyle. lecture... In his lecture, everything he used was stuff We're talking from about out of the audience. Yeah. Oh, stuff now. Yeah, speaking of that, I got Kyle Purnell with me right. Hey, Kyle. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Fantastic. So we were just talking real briefly. I want to get just a few comments from you then as well yeah. about how did you think the lecture went this morning? Did you have a lot of fun? Did you oh sell out? Oh, my gosh. It was cra- uh, we all but sold out, I would say. You were yeah. working behind the booth, too, yeah. John, weren't you yeah. then as well? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. There, there was a little bit of a fight, actually. There were people elbowing for position to get his wow. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm like, guys, it's just a silly magic trick. Like, it's cool, but... It was like a white sail with a bunch of little old ladies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you had said this was like your third convention lecture. This is my third, uh, third lecturing uh, yeah. convention, but it was uh, definitely the biggest by far. And I think what's really exciting right now is we're recording this, that uh, you'll be hearing this uh, tomorrow morning after it's been posted later tonight, but he, Kyle, is on Penn and Teller Foolish tonight. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy that uh, both of these two big things are happening on the same night. It is, I can't and believe. so you're going to have a little watch party in your room with a couple uh, of your friends. We are, yeah. John's, John's going to be there and a few other my friends. We're going to have some pizza and brews and it'll be a good time. That's got to be just surreal. I mean, I mean for you, it's like you're watching television 
television said, wait a minute, he's right here. Yeah. You know? Well, and what's really fun, we went to lunch today um, after he was with you, and we're at the bar, and the bartender serving us our lunch, and he said, oh, I just saw these amazing tricks over here. And do you guys do magic? He saw the things. Yeah. And Kyle showed him a few things, and after that he was like, okay, you beat those guys hands down. <laughs> The, the, the young fellow was just blown away, and Kyle was doing some of the stuff right out of the set he did for his lecture. I think what's exciting also about how people will come up to you or to anybody over here and uh, ask questions and can you show me something, and, and like you are very open and free. It's like, yeah, let me not only show you, but let's sit down and workshop yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you spend a lot of time with these people then, too. Yeah, of course. I'm, you know, yeah, I... I don't think I'm, I'm anything if I'm uh, not willing to, to sit down and help people. I mean, yeah. they, uh, you know, no, no, no one is born successful, right? So uh, I had a lot of support along the way, and I want to pay forward. Well, and there's good nothing, on you. Another thing not to forget about Kyle, he works really hard at his craft. There's no question about that. Yeah. 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 Now, do you, I know that you uh, are really a full-time school teacher, do you work at school sometimes, like behind the desk, while you know the kids are reading the books or something, and you're shuffling uh, cards? Or? All right. Well, <laughs> on the record, no comment. Uh, uh, off the record, my my hands are typically uh, doing something while the uh, you know just 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 to keep the, f- the fingers occupied sure. while while the brain is working on yeah. you know improving some kids' lives. Yeah. I remember Frank Price, who was a judge, and he would have a deck of cards. He'd be, you know, in his robe up at the top, you know, as a judge. He'd be listening to it, and he'd be under there just kind of cutting yep. cards and stuff. So. Yeah. I, I mean, yep. I, yep. <laughs> I can relate to that. You know, it's funny. I'm a practicing lawyer, so when I'm in court, often we're out in the hall waiting for the judge to call us in for a case. I always carry stuff in my pockets to share with the tip staffs and stuff, and I'll get to court, and they'll be like, what do you have today? And so oh, it's really? always, yeah, it's always fun. They, they know you as a magician? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's very cool. Although I did a show years ago when I first started practicing, and our president judge was in the audience, and afterward he came up, and he said, John, that was a great show. Don't ever try that in the courtroom. It wouldn't be fair to the other lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're going to be having a jury over there. They're going to love that's you. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, listen, thank you guys very much uh, for a few words that you've uh, given us over here. I'm glad you like the convention. Always good to catch up and for us to uh, talk to someone who's going to be one of the uh, performers and lecturers and really enjoy it. Are you going to be performing as well, or after you've already lectured, do anything? Or are you done for the convention? I'm good. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> one and done. Yeah, okay. I'm done, and I'm going to enjoy the rest. Now, some of the stuff that you might still have left over, are you going to be selling in the dealer's room? I, we really don't have much left. We have a few sporadic things. I couldn't even tell you what, what we have. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Everybody was very supportive. And, uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a success, I would think. Yeah. Well, I know we it's have some products that are still in the other dealer tables. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I know it's already, uh, already been uh, uh, in the can, and it's going to be broadcast tonight, but I wish you good luck. Thank you, you so know? much. I appreciate <laughs> for it. For Foolish. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was John Wolf and Kyle Purnell. Scotty out.